something sexual, yeah. Am I the only one, yeah. Am I everything you need to rock your body right? Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see that. (laughs) All right, let's do this. Welcome to Namely 90s, the podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So, turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. That's right. You're listening to Namely 90s. My name's Andrew, and over there is Brandon. That's me. You can find us online at Namely90s.com or on Twitter and Instagram. Mostly Instagram, because F Twitter, at Namely 90s. You can also find us on YouTube at namely90s.com slash YouTube or youtube.com slash at namely90s. And finally, if you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com and sign up for one of our support levels. Um, wow, I sound so nasally. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I just have like this nonsense allergy business and I forgot the flow nase today. Are your allergies bad this year? It seems like everyone's allergies are bad this year. Yeah, there's also like some sort of plague here of like insects mm. by the river. Locusts. Like you drive by at at dusk and your car just gets pelted. It sounds like it's raining, but it's just bugs. Ew, that's gross. Which sucks. I just got my car washed before I came home. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a car wash subscription now. So I just. I do, do too. But oh. it, the car wash is in the town where I was driving back from. Gotcha. You know, <laughs> to I, end this loop of car washes. Yeah, exactly. And I also got to say, I I don't know what I'm paying for because I got my car washed. I, I went to the car wash. Exact same stains are on my car. <laughs> After and what's the deal with car washes? And <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, supposedly, I'm supposedly getting like the top tier thing with the subscription. So it's like, but every time I go there, it's varying quality of what they do to pre-wash my car. I'm sorry. There is, I'm, I swear, like our car wash place has like different ones. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. Like all of the same nozzles come on. They shoot out the same stuff. There's it's, no difference. It's the mix of the soap, I assume. I just think, no, I just think you're a sucker if you pay for the high plan because it's just the same thing. Well, I mean, there's only one subscription fee and I, I got in early, oh. so it's $5 off for however long I'm subscribed. But um, it's just like they have they have people out front that like will like wash down your car and pre pre rinse it and whatever. But like the the degree to which they do it varies every single time. I've you know I've not had a consistent car wash. Yeah, from this and, place. and I bet like the way in which they do that pre wash thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen a human being put so little effort into anything in my entire life. There was one kid, one kid who was who noticed my car had some crap on it because it's a white car. How do you not notice the crap right. on it? And he actually kind of like used the uh, like. Ooh pressure washer on, on like it. I feel like it actually takes more effort to appear that lazy when doing it than just doing it like in a normal 
like oh, yeah. normal yeah. intensity, you know? Especially in a college town, you, you just have just like people trying too hard to not look like they're doing anything. Like the guy, I saw one guy, he was just like, he looked like a zombie and he just was holding the wand and he didn't even hold his hand. Like yeah, he just like walked just with like, the wand and like sprayed it and it like barely, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, and then like, and then they'll either put my mirrors in or they won't. And the, the machines inside the car wash will push it in. Yeah. I can go one day mm-hmm. the machines get all or the mirrors get all jacked up and the yep. next day I go and they're, they're fine. I'm like, yep. it's the same place. Yep. It's, it's except place. it exists I, in a multiverse. I, 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 I hit the same line every time. Uh, also, like I think this place is designed for like a truck your size versus my like mid-sized sedan, uh, small <clears throat> mid-sized sedan, um, yeah. which is lower to the ground. Like it, nothing it, there. If it goes around it. Like the the area between my my um not side view mirrors and the car, like that stretch of window, n- nothing gets cleaned. Yeah, not on mine either. Yeah. Um, speaking of the multiverse, I tell you, I'm reading Timeline. Finally, you did. Uh, either last week or God, that book is a slog. That's a slog. Two weeks ago, yeah. Uh, I thought you liked Crichton though. I do, but it's a little too heavy on the medieval stuff, as you know. That's not my. Mm forte but it's i'm getting through it it's good um you know it's good you just said uh, it's a slog and it's hard to get through 600 pages which is his longest book as far as i know and it's a lot of medieval stuff and i'm like but they keep me interested with the science oh hey fun website update (laughs) i went to namely 90s.com Two just days now. ago, uh-huh. and it literally it just said this domain has expired. I was like, uh, ah, <laughs> well done. So I jumped on Google domains, got that renewed, and I have to still change the DNS over. So it's temporarily down. But as of this coming out, it should be there. Oh, it happened again. That's funny. What's that? The auto renewal didn't work for the Google. Well, domains. my card got canceled twice this year because of mm. fraudulent activity. Right. And it's not like Google wasn't trying to notify me. <laughs> yeah, you kept getting the emails. <laughs> oh, I know how that goes. I have my own domains so I look after. So I, I got them back. I mean, they weren't gone. I had I had another week or two to to claim them, but uh, yeah. Whoops. Um, anyway, I bought someone a domain name for their birthday present like five years ago, seven years ago, and I've yet to cancel it or transfer it over to them. And they don't even use it anymore because they don't travel nice. and have a travel blog anymore. But um yeah, it was I'm just like every time every time it's around their birthday, uh, it's a nice reminder because then I can send a card. But it's just like I should really cancel this. But I will say the nice thing is my card getting canceled is the reason why I didn't get charged 300 bucks for hosting automatically like I do every year and then I'm surprised by it. We've we've been working since last month to transfer it over and by we i mean you uh and i just keep reminding you every so often yeah i just forgot i'm sorry but i'll get it done it's not that hard of a thing to do it's just a matter of doing it that's funny but no the fact that it didn't just what happens usually is it just auto renews at the really high price and i'm like oh right. well okay then <laughs> so yep. anyway uh here Except we are that's only happened once out of the two times no, or three times was twice no, I did it originally, mm. and then at mm. year one and year two. Year one did not auto renew. 
because I was like, uh, hey, the website's down. I remember that. Oh. And then I was like, and then that's when we got into the whole, oh, I'm paying $300 for this now. I thought it auto-renewed. Anyway. Um, I will go back and find the episode for you, but I, I definitely... Uh, well, in any it, case, it's too goddamn it much. Not, yeah, yeah. One time, <laughs> one time it didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's um, the first year because you thought, yeah. Is that 10 minutes? I don't know. Is it 10-ish minutes? Mm, Anything short, else? But uh, how was your Memorial Day? Uh, it was good. I don't want to get into it too much because I'm kind of angered by this whole, this whole Memorial Day thing, but... Uh, <laughs> Do I have to now expound on that? Uh, I mean, you could just sound like an angry person for no reason. No, I just, there's always some like a hole on Facebook. Who's like, remember this holiday is about, you know, fallen soldiers and their sacrifice and not about you having a barbecue. And every year I'm like, yes. (laughs) Although I suspect the person who died for this country probably would a be having a barbecue if they were still alive and B would want us to have a barbecue. So knock it off. Like, Right. I don't need what is the term for that when uh, guilt <laughs> yeah guilt tripping people yes. it's like just not necessary like yes I know what the holiday is for right I'm going to enjoy the day off I'm going to give some remembrance it's going to be fine yeah just memorialize that Jesus died for your sins and yeah, have that's a Merry exactly Christmas and uh, the fact I still can't get over and this uh, yeah I know this isn't like some liberal podcast well it is um <laughs> is like okay great we're honoring fallen soldiers by continuing to allow people to shoot school children yep yep like what if we honor their sacrifice by not allowing our children to get murdered by way of legislation which we're allowed to do in this country because of people who fought for that but now, that's yeah what i'm talking about but now no, we let's can, boycott we, chick-fil-a no yeah, sorry let's boy that damn it you just stole my joke as i was waiting for you to finish. oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know we're yeah. on the same wavelength uh, yeah i was gonna say no but yeah now let's boycott chick-fil-a which doesn't really do anything for anyone but uh you know now that they've hired a vp of diversity uh, that's too woke chick-fil-a has gone woke i think we talked about this but mm-hmm. hot take chick-fil-a is not good uh agreed the the nuggies were 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 good ish but the only thing that makes chick-fil-a good as we've said previously is the sauce the sauce makes it yeah without the sauce it's nothing but uh yeah i don't know what they're gonna do if the uh conservatives stop going there yeah just all the liberals that don't care about um the open policies they have about not liking gay people or something. The problem is when you, when you hire a DVP of diversity and inclusion and stuff Mm -hmm. that also includes just like black people. So now they're just like, Oh, we're just openly racist. Now they're not even hiding it anymore. Yeah. Also, I wish the word boycott would just be deleted from the English language. Cause it's like my least favorite a concept and B word because it's been overused by these lunatics and C gendered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> Why uh, can't a girl caught it? Yeah, or they caught that's it. That's very true. Oh, gosh. What yep. a world we live in. That's how we just celebrated Pride Month. Um, but yes, uh, happy kickoff now, Pride Month, everyone. Yeah, and now let's uh, conclude by talking about the whitest sport in history. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I guess. Curling. Maybe. Yes. Um, I did go on a date with a girl once, twice, 
that uh who was black and she or half black half um i want to say thai but um she was like yeah i'm trying to get she like she was super into hockey she was like your level hockey uh knowledge if not more and uh she's like yeah i'm just trying to get people get i don't know she phrased it she phrased it weird as a as but like she wanted to get more black people into hockey and it's a cool cool concept yeah um two more things yes now we've gone long it's okay the guy on Facebook who was like complaining that his they they canceled fishing on some river, and the oh, reason God. was that Native Americans had caught too many fish this year, and he was like butthurt about it. I'm well, like, that, before you just more expounding on that, it was I don't I I don't have this verified. I read this on <laughs> yeah. Reddit or off a forum somewhere. But my point is like we took their land. Can't they have a few extra goddamn fish? Like. Yeah, a whale or two, maybe. And then the last thing I have to finish with is I read some article about the mm. whole debt ceiling getting, you know, figured out. Mm. And basically they slashed a bunch of stuff. They increased defense spending, but decreased a bunch of other crap. Mm. But then I I'm found so a screenshot, watching. or I took a screenshot of the verbiage, and it says the agreement allowed the Senate to skip a series of hurdles that could have, without unanimous consent, pushed the U.S. past the June 5th debt ceiling deadline. Senators also wanted to leave town for a long weekend, hastening the procedural talks. But, uh, Part of it, of course. A long weekend? They had weeks, months to figure this crap out, and they just bickered and bantered and wasted a bunch of time, and now they're like, now we gotta get out for the weekend. And they yeah, like, have, probably slipped some clause where abortion is now illegal forever. Right. Have you seen our Senate? And or can we write Congress? a bill that says something and then just write no takesies backsies? Does that does that work? Yeah, it's called the Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> anyway, now we've definitely gone long. Sorry. Yeah, but I had uh, to say those things. Um, yeah. Uh, happy Pride, everyone. And uh, fuck you, conservatives. Yeah, I mean, really, that's just what it comes down to. Yep. Anyway, so we've got the coveted explicit tag on this episode at this point. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, nothing more explicit than some good old fashioned Canadians punching the shit out of each other. Can't wait for the audience that this is intended for to be like, well, I got turned off by <laughs> that liberal talk of them in the beginning. We're boycotted, namely 90s. <laughs> Boycott them. Girl we'll, got them. We'll, we'll download them just to delete them from our phone. Yeah, do that. Do that. Download and then delete us. All right. Just keep doing it on social media. Let's get into this. So we are going to do a deep dive episode. Unlike our usual every other week. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense. We switch off right between the variety show and the deep dive. Correct. And this week it's a deep dive. And I spent an hour trying to figure out what I could do it on. And then at like two minutes, you came up with a really good idea. I did. Um, So we are going to talk about. The NHL, the National Hockey League in the 90s, because the current day Stanley Cup Cup playoffs begin June 3rd between the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights, and that is a seven-game series, so we're kind of coming out right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so uh, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the NHL in the 90s, because some stuff happened. I 
only know about Wayne Gretzky, LA Kings. Right. And that was, was like a year. Well, it was like four or five years. Was it? I thought it wasn't. wasn't the Rangers were like a year or two. Okay. I thought, the Rang- I thought the Rangers was the longer thing. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Clearly, I did not just write this as a script. As the Stanley Cup finals are upon us this year, we're taking a look back at the NHL in the 90s. Uh, the, the 90s was an eventful decade in the NHL. I stole this directly from the NHL website, including <clears throat> including many You're great achievements on the ice. No, I wrote this. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> I thought I just stole it, but I actually wrote this. All right. Sorry. The 90s was an eventful decade in the NHL, including many great achievements on the ice, drama behind the scenes, and some woeful TV broadcast innovations in air quotes that would be mocked for decades to come. Uh, anyway, so the national hockey league is a professional ice hockey league in North America, currently comprising of 32 teams, 25 of which are in the United States and seven of which are in Canada. Uh, it is the top ranked professional hockey league in the world and is one of the four major professional sports leagues in the U S and Canada. Uh, the Stanley cup, believe it or not, is actually the oldest professional sports trophy in North America hmm. uh, and is awarded annually to the league playoff champion at the end of each season. It also gets to go with that. It's kind of cool. It gets to go with that team for the summer and like each person gets to have a day with the cup. And, like a lot of people take it back to their hometown for, um, you know, like a parade and some people just like drink Jägermeister out of it or like use it's it to make a Sunday. Yeah. And there's just like, some Wait. dude with like white gloves who carries it around everywhere. Can you, I don't think that would fit in an oven. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what you can do with it all in total, in total, but also you don't bake a Sunday. But the cool thing I learned <laughs> is like this, the cup itself has like all those rings around at the bottom mm-hmm. and those can be removed and like put on. And that has the different names of everyone. So like oh. the Stanley cup that goes out doesn't have everyone's name on it anymore, but they have all the things. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Uh, I thought it was is, just like a new base each time. Yeah, and then the bases can be like stacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NHL is the fifth wealthiest professional sports league in the world by revenue after the NFL, MLB, NBA, and the English Premier League. Hmm. I thought Premier golf would be on there. Premier League. The soccer. Or football. Sorry. And this might be pandering, but for those of you who don't know, <laughs> ice hockey is... A sport comprising of two teams, each with five skaters on the ice and one goaltender. There are three offensive players, including center, left wing, and right wing. Uh, Not political, as it turns out. There are two defensemen and one goaltender. Hockey is played in three 20-minute periods with an 18-minute intermission between, primarily to allow adequate time for the ice to be resurfaced and to dry. The process of this is typically achieved by using a Zamboni, which is the brand name for most, the most common ice resurfacing machine in the world. But it's one of those terms that's like Kleenex, you know, because the term mm, Zamboni yeah. is used to reference any ice surfacing machine, even though other brands exist. Isn't there a term for that? Like Kleenex or, or, um, or like uh, Ziploc? Uh, I only know the, uh, the opposite would be a generic term. Yeah, I just like there was some word for like a brand name that goes into the lexicon, but I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, I'll, look, I'll look into that while you continue. That. Uh, players use their sticks to move a frozen vulcanized rubber disc or puck along the ice with the objective of getting the puck past the opposing team's goaltender and into their net, at which point one point is scored. 
that sounds like I copied that from Wikipedia, but I actually wrote that. <laughs> All of that? Yeah. Hmm. Entirely. Just from my head, my, my brain. Uh, but anyway, so if you didn't know what hockey was, now you know, sort of. Um, Canadians love putting stuff on ice and moving it around. Um, this is the synopsis of the 90s from the NHL website that I thought I was reading earlier. 1990 saw the last gasp of the Edmonton Oilers dynasty. And that's what you referenced where Wayne Gretzky was part of that Oilers team. that yes. won five championships in seven years. This first, this 1990 championship was the first one that lacked Gretzky on that team. Um, four years later, the captain of the team that won the fifth championship, the Oilers, Mark Messier scored the goal that ended the New York Rangers 54 year. Stanley Cup drought, the longest in league history. Uh, Let me just cut back in with your generic trademark. Mm -hmm. Uh, The term is either generic trademark or genericized trademark or proprietary eponym. I swear there was like a single word described when something like Kleenex became like the word that you use for tissue, but I can't, I couldn't find it. Eponym, eponym. Okay. Uh, by the end of an eventful decade, a host of future Hall of Famers had led the Pittsburgh pa- Pittsburgh Penguins to two titles. That would be um, Mark Messier, and then who's the other guy? Oh gosh, I'm blanking. Genericization. The there was and Mario Lemieux was on the um, the Penguins. The New Jersey Devils and Colorado Avalanche announced their arrival among the NHL's elite teams with their first wins, and the Detroit Red Wings won consecutive championships. After a very long drought, overall, it was a pretty good decade. In 1990, the league consisted of just 21 teams. And by 1999, that number had grown to 28, marking really an explosive expansion by seven teams in 10 years. And for fun, I put in here the perspective of the league has really only added four teams in the last 23 years, but they added seven and 10 in the 90s. Hmm. This is a massive growth phase for them. Uh I, uh, antonomasia is okay is the word see no I, I must be thinking of something different I'm, i may just have this completely confused at this point probably um i was going to cover some of the notable stanley cup wins don't worry i'm not doing every year uh as i said in 1990 the edmonton oilers captured their fifth stanley cup in seven years and their first since trading Gretzky in 88, defeating Boston for their second Stanley Cup triumph over Boston in three seasons. Suck it, Bruins. That's right. Uh, in 1994, the New York Rangers won. Uh, stretched to the limit, the New York Rangers ended their 54-year Stanley Cup drought by edging the Vancouver Canucks in a stirring Stanley Cup final. The Rangers jumped out to a 3-1 <laughs> series lead, only to see the Canucks storm back with two wins, forcing a Game 7. The Rangers earned a 3-2 win and the Stanley Cup. Nice. Uh, 97, the Detroit Red Wings launched a celebration 42 years in the making as they scored a highlight reel Stanley Cup winning goal as the Detroit Red Wings won their first Stanley Cup since 1955 uh, with a four-game series sweep of the Philadelphia Flyers. But where it gets really cool is in 1998... The Detroit Red Wings swept the Washington Capitals to become the first team since the Pittsburgh Penguins in 91-92 and the most recent 
to win two Stanley Cups in a row. Hmm. That's crazy. That's too. I mean, that's a long time ago at this point. Um, yeah. So I, that was really cool that they won two in a row and that no one's done that since. Yeah. After having had such a long drought, you know. Is it a long? Wait. Oh, well, I guess. 42 years. A drought for them winning. Gotcha. Winning the Stanley gonna, Cup. Yeah. I was going to say because the Penguins literally did it earlier in the decade. Um, there's a lot. Uh, looking at this list, there's a lot of like triple overtime wins yeah uh, for the the final yeah like there was one there was like 53 minutes of overtime mm. i think i saw a longer game a couple of years ago that was like five extra periods it was insane wow um uh there were a couple walkouts there was a strike in 92 which postponed 30 games that's right and there was an nhl lockout in 94 95 which canceled many of the games of that season including the all-star game and it shortened the regular season of 48 games, which normally I think it's around 80. Uh, and there were no interconference games. And I thought also interestingly to talk about some of the expansion teams that came about uh, because it was such a busy time. In 1991, the San Jose Sharks. That's cool. I like the San Jose Sharks. They're, they were one of my teams. Before we got Seattle Kraken. In 1992, the Ottawa Senators and Tampa Bay Lightning. In 1993, the Florida Panthers and the Anaheim Ducks. Quack. 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 In 1996, the Winnipeg Jets become the Phoenix Coyotes. Not really an expansion, but a change. In 1998, the Nashville Predators. And in 1999, the Atlanta Thrashers, who have now since become the Winnipeg Jets again, somehow. Yeah, I don't remember the Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, they were around, and then Winnipeg went away to become Phoenix, and then Atlanta became Winnipeg again. Does Houston still have a team? Houston has not had a team. The, weren't they Dallas, the Oilers? The Dallas Stars. No, that's the Edmonton Oilers. Were they always the Edmonton Oilers? That's right, yeah. Pretty sure because no, that's a big oil oil country up there. Yeah. Uh yeah. So of. that's that's it for the, the first half here. We're now going to go to a short 18 minute intermission <laughs> to resurface the ice, and Brandon is now going to do the namely 90s 18 minutes. No. I'm kidding. And now let's go to Brandon for the namely 90s minute. Welcome back to our mid-episode break, Namely 90s Minute. Every week we look back at a culturally relevant show, movie, or piece of pop culture that probably helps stoke the algorithm. This week, in honor of Transformers Rise of the Beasts, we're looking back at my favorite Transformers series growing up, Beast Wars Transformers. Beast Wars Transformers is a computer animated television series from the people that did Reboot and ran from 1996 to 1999, spanning three seasons. The series starred the voice talents of Colonel Chekhov from Stargate SG-1 as Optimus Primal, the announcer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver as Megatron, the English voice of Duo Maxwell in Mobile Suit Gundam Wing as Rat Trap, the voice of Bob slash Glitch Bob in the later seasons of Reboot as Cheetor, the voice of Professor Moriarty in Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century as Rhinox, and the rest of the cast is basically the rest of the Ocean dub cast of 
Dragon Ball Z, and most Canadian dubs in the late 90s. The story starts on Cybertron, centuries after the events of the original Transformers series, where a gang of Predacons steal an ancient relic and flee from a group of Maximals in a spaceship, and in the ensuing space battle, both ships get damaged and end up going through a rift in space and crash land on a planet similar to prehistoric Earth. The Predacons are descendants of the evil Decepticons, and the Maximals are descendants of the heroic Autobots. As they're crashing, Optimus Primal ejects his cargo of stasis pods holding dormant Maximals that then scan the local fauna and become animals instead of the usual cars Transformers are known for. The first season is mostly them fighting against Megatron and recovering their allies before Megatron can corrupt them. Eventually, they realize they are actually on prehistoric Earth and were sent back in time. They discover the Ark hidden in a volcano holding the Gen 1 Transformers led by Optimus Prime, who are in stasis waiting to awaken during the events of the first Transformers series. Megatron, the Predacon Megatron, because why not be confusing, kills Optimus Prime, causing a paradox storm, so Optimus Primal takes Optimus Prime's spark while they try to heal Prime's body, which gives Primal a new body. Eventually, they heal Optimus Prime and return the spark, but that gave Megatron the idea to steal Megatron's spark. Oh dear, I've gone cross-eyed. In the end, they capture their Megatron, and the survivors of the Beast Wars take the ship back through the rift and head back to Cybertron, having prevented any timeline damage. And that's Beast Wars Transformers in an Amy 90s minute. More or less. And now, back to the show. So, I mean, the, the thing I really wanted to talk about is something called Fox Tracks. And we talked about Fox Tracks back in season one of Namely 90s. Oh, yes. But I don't think we gave it like the full treatment. So we gave it a full 10 minute talking to. Did we really? Oh, my God. It was the first episode the of worst. Uh, 2021. Um, or the first episode recorded in 2021. That's uh, the January 1996 episode. You can scroll all the way back up. Well, if you want to listen to me with a less nasally voice, go back to that episode. Well, um, I'm sure you'll bring more, more to the table. So box tracks also referred to as the glowing puck is an augmented reality system that was used by Fox sports telecasts of the NHL from 1996 to 98. Uh, the idea with this thing was, people had a hard time following the puck on the TV. And I think part of that was TV sucked back then. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. HD. It was four by three aspect ratio. It was on the CRT monitor. It yep. was terrible. Yeah, I mean, just the, the scans on the CRT. Right. The idea was like to help puck. people follow the puck. And so basically I didn't realize it was this complicated, but they used these modified hockey pucks containing shock sensors and infrared emitters, which were read by sensors and computer systems to generate these graphics. Basically, there was a blue glow around the puck to make it more obvious. We would also have trails, depending on how hard it was shot and the hardness with which it was shot as well. Um, This all started when, in 1994, Fox won a contract to broadcast NHL games in the United States, uh, which seems to change every, like, five to ten years. It changed to ESPN a couple of years ago, and it's been garbage since. But anyway, uh, David Hill, the head of Fox Sports at the time, believed that if viewers could easily follow the puck, the game would be less confusing to newcomers and would appeal to a broader audience. He pitched the idea to Rupert Murdoch um, and it was approved to be developed and rolled out during the 1996 NHL All-Star Game. And it was actually used until the end of the 1998 season or the 97-98 season. Um, Just like I like to point out Rupert Murdoch is Australian, I think. Australian. What would he know about hockey? He's just like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, That's not the accent. Make me money. Um, Make me money. Sorry. Hold on. That wouldn't be the accent either. I have to sneeze. You have to sneeze, but it won't come out. Yes. Uh, Is that the one where you're supposed to stare into the lights or is that the... (laughs) 
There it is. There it is. Uh, anyway, so it's interesting. They actually still use the Fox Tracks moniker mm-hmm. as a branding tool for other on screen tracking graphics and other sports, such as virtual strike zone during baseball games and statistics mm. display during NASCAR events. Yeah. They're only related in name. I mean, there's no other relation. I always <laughs> just thought, like, it's real complex how this all happens. I just thought, like, they just applied it as like an overlay to the broadcast based on the speed the puck was moving across the screen. Oh yeah, I, I guess that would make sense too. But that's it's a lot of computing. Isn't but in it? fact, the system utilized a modified hockey puck cut in half to embed an array of infrared emitters, a shock sensor, and an embedded circuit board and battery. The halves of the puck were then bound back together using an epoxy. Mm-hmm. Modified pucks were engineered to have the same weight and balance as an unmodified NHL puck. Um, but the chief engineer, Rick Cavallaro, noted that players could tell if the puck was even slightly off from its normal weight because it behaved differently. Um, and they put him through a bunch of tests. But at the end of the day, the players still thought the puck felt like it had more rebound or bounce to it. Mm-hmm. But they still went ahead with the thing and it worked out fine. Not really. Uh, so how it worked is the puck emitted infrared pulses that were detected by cameras mm. and the shutters were synchronized to the pulses. At that point, the data from the cameras was transmitted to a production trailer named I love this, the puck truck. Uh, yeah. How outrageous. Getting on in the puck truck. Which contained uh, workstations like supercomputers, basically not quite used to calculate the coordinates of candidate targets and render appropriate graphics onto them. Yeah. I wrote I, that now. Uh, the puck was given a blue colored glow, which is what I remember. Passes were indicated with a bluish glow plus a tail indicating its path. And when the puck moved faster than 70 miles per hour, a red tail was added. So presumably shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like how they thought making being able to see the puck would make it easier <laughs> to understand the game. But then while watching the puck keeps changing colors yeah. and you're like, what is going it's, on? It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so despite rumors that Fox employees would sometimes go into the stands to retrieve a puck that left the playing area, the yeah, pucks were that. not reusable and only had a battery life of 18 minutes. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they had to bring 50 pucks to each game. And uh, was that before rechargeable batteries? Like, I guess. Well, you couldn't open them back up. Oh, because of the epoxy. Um, so they, he did say that the spectators really wanted the pucks and they would collect them and stuff. Um, yeah, so. that'd be a cool, cool thing to get. But now let's get to the meat of it here. The Fox track system was widely criticized by hockey fans who felt that the graphics were distracting and meant to, and meant to make the broadcast cater toward casual viewers. Oh, God forbid. Sports writer Greg Wisniewski, Wisniewski, I guess. I can't say it. Something Polish. Uh, is that Polish, right? Um, I have no idea. Stated that Fox tracks was cheesy enough that it looked like hockey by way of a mighty morph and power Rangers production budget. I thought you liked that line. Thank you. Yes, I did enjoy that. <laughs> and considered it a sad commentary on what outsiders thought of both hockey and American hockey fans. That period should be inside the quotation. Acknowledging that Canadian board journalist. Sorry, acknowledging that Canadian-born journalist Peter Jennings of, I believe, ABC News, who was interviewed as yes. a guest during the 96 All-Star Game that introduced technology. That's right, he was Canadian? He was. Stated on air that Canadians would probably hate it. And Wisniewski 
suggested that Fox Tracks was an admission to America that American viewers were too hockey stupid to follow the play or need to be distracted by shiny new toys in order to watch the sport. Wow, they have a low opinion of Americans. Then again, we kind of bring it on ourselves. Yeah, it's like, not Is there any way to attach a gun to the puck so it just like shoots bullets out so we can tell where it is? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then and then we would protect it from being stolen by by uh, audience members. Uh, in 2002, Bam. an informal poll by ESPN solicited opinions from readers on the worst innovations in sports history without specifying choices in advance. The Fox glow puck came in sixth place. Which is better than I thought. I thought it would be worse. What was higher? Uh, free agency. And then I don't know the rest of the list. Um, this next comment shows the importance of like non-biased studies. A survey commissioned by Fox itself claimed that 10 out of 10 respondents liked the new puck, but only nine out of 10 dentists liked it. <laughs> okay. Bazinga. I need the rim shot on that one. Uh, in 2014, sports writer Aaron Brown of Slate called it one of sports broadcasting's most ridiculed experiments. Uh, Cavallero, the chief engineer, defended Fox Tracks in a 1997 paper for the IEEE Computer Graphics and Applications, okay, <laughs> calling it an overall success. I don't think he has evidence for that. They contributed to higher ratings for Fox. He later claimed that most people were impressed by the technology, even if they hated the effect. <laughs> the Institute of Electrical, Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Like, it's cool. They were smart. The way they did it, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, building upon his work, Cavallaro co-established a new company known as Sport Vision in 1998, which marketed other forms of sports graphics technologies, including virtual downlines in football. So that's this, it. that is it, folks. This is the origin of the virtual downline in football. You know, those actually look pretty good. They look really good now. Well, like the NHL yeah. now, the dasher boards mm-hmm. in, in the arena, they are uh, green screen, just decals. Oh, but they have the they technology. Look- They're not even green screen anymore. They can just overlay it on top of the dasher boards as they are and show other advertisements during the game. Huh. You know, Crazy. I, I noticed um, watching baseball, uh, the, they're a little behind because they have the overlay technology in the back for, because directly behind home plate has like the same thing, but like they, they still chroma key because, um, like it's it's a green screen and you can tell because every time they switch to the on home plate it's a yeah. different uh color scheme than yeah. all the other cameras <clears throat> i mean it makes sense though like if you're broadcasting nationally mm-hmm. you want to have national sponsors but if you're broadcasting right. locally you still want to have those local sponsors who paid for the dashboard space true but like that technology has gotten much better um yeah. as part of a larger project with sap and sport vision the NHL had since experimented with player and puck tracking using embedded microchips, obviously much better technology. Now um, they demonstrated this during the 2019 all-star game and are planning on deploying it for the future. I don't know when or if it happened. I mean, that's smart. Like I think they're talking about doing it in football too, because part of the issue is like, why look at cameras that are never oriented where you need them to determine what happened. If you could just have, microchips they could tell you if it crossed the goal line or if it crossed the you know well either in football or or hockey like what if you could just tell 
based on a sensor instead of like going to the headquarters and people putting on the headphones and looking in those like little camera things with the, the mm-hmm. viewer and like the hood they put on. It would just be easier if it just knew, you know? I mean, but that would take away the fun of yelling at refs at both hockey and football games. It would just be more accurate and more fair, I think. Uh, and then what are we going to do for soccer? Are we going to put microchips in like micro, micro they only mesh? S- they only score like once a season, so I don't think it really matters uh, that much. I was thinking more for like, you know, uh, whenever they're like performing uh, to get a penalty. Like, oh, yeah, know. they're like writhing on the ground because someone like breathed on them. Correct. Yes. Like, should we put them in like, like some sort of mesh suit that can oh, that has sensor contact? Pressure sensors? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, that was the equivalent of a butterfly landing on you and you're writhing <laughs> yeah. around on the ground. Like, yeah. knock it off. You get a yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Slap some with a yellow card. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think. I have a couple thoughts on this whole glowing puck thing. One is Mm -hmm. they were trying to make the most of really God awful TV technology. I mean, yes, it was better than the TV in the sixties, but it still wasn't good. Yeah. But like watching hockey on your big screen TV versus my, I think we had like a 32 inch TV at best. Uh, it was, there was a difference in quality there too. Yeah. But I do think, so there's like, I agree you're catering to, the lowest common denominator in that like they can't follow the puck where you don't, if you know about hockey, you don't need to see the puck the whole time. Right. And even if you don't see the puck, if you know enough about the game, you know where the puck is going to go and you know how a player behaves when they've picked it up. Like you kind of know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the idea that you have to see the puck every step of the way to enjoy the sport is incorrect. And if you don't like the sport, seeing the puck isn't suddenly going to make you like it more. I, I, I would rebut that it made sense that seeing the puck would allow newcomers to, to come to the game and try to understand it because I like as a kid trying to follow the puck, like I hated watching hockey on TV. I, um, like I would much rather go to a Thunderbirds game. Yeah. Hockey's and, not good on TV, even with 4k right. HD, all this crap. It's just not that good on TV. I think it's good on TV. Now I, I, yeah. I enjoy watching hockey on TV or now. I mean, uh, it's more since, enjoyable to watch, but yes. if you want to get new people to like hockey, you got to put some butts in some seats. I mean, that's True. just the atmosphere of the arena, the, mm. the goings on the stuff between the whistles, the, you know, the fights, the action, it's much more exciting in person. True, but the, you get a better view of the fighting on TV. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely pros and cons, but I think as far as if you wanted someone to really like get into it, you need to get them to a couple of games. I mean, true for me, like, I'll watch it on TV, but like, I lose, it's boring. Like, it takes forever. They don't score that much. And it's like, it- every time I look away and go do something, they freaking score. I'm like, come on. But now we yeah. have uh, HDR, uh, sorry, DVR, I should say, and mm-hmm. you can, can just kind of plow through it, combat that. But uh, my, my like my only complaint is the fact that it still takes eighteen minutes for a Zamboni to to reice the. Well, um, they don't move that fast. They usually run two of them. Realistically, they can do it in about ten minutes. But part of it is like these guys are spending seven minutes on the ice each period. Mm-hmm. 
in 60 or 90 second shifts and they're going hard the whole shift. So they're like dog tired. And I just don't think you could sustain 60 minutes with a short break in between. Something, something soccer, football, 90 minutes. Yeah, but I wonder. Without a break. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just saying, but they're also not wearing like their own oh, body weight pads. in pads. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah. Also, they have to stop and have a Molson. Like they're Canadian. <laughs> you have a Molson, you know. <laughs> they run down to the Tim Hortons for a coffee. Yeah, yeah the Tim Hortons. And a curler. But um, I mean, truly, the Zamboni doesn't move that fast. It has to, shout out to our Canadian friends. It has to friends. scrape the ice. It mm. also has to drop the water on it, and the water has to dry sufficiently. Mm-hmm. Then they have to re put they put the nets back down and that takes a couple of guys some time. And then of course they have to have like the gimmicky contests between to like make money and try to entertain the fans. But I think that's just entertain the fans. I mean, yeah, but they're trying to basically they're trying to like vamp until the uh, ice is done. Right. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's a fun game. I, I do enjoy it. I would like to get to a Kraken game this next year. So same. We'll broadcast live from. No, we're not going to do that. From the bathroom of the Climate Pledge Arena. <laughs> follow, follow us on uh, Instagram and we'll, we'll uh, do a little we'll go live. live. Yeah. yeah, we'll go live. Uh, and that's, <laughs> once, once I upgrade my data plan. Oh, that's still a thing for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't have that. I don't have a family plan, so. I just have T-Mobile and all the lines just have unlimited. Uh, There's no family not, anything. Yeah, but I also like having service. Oh, T-Mobile's great now. It used to be bad, but it's great. And yeah, my girlfriend has T-Mobile. Catherine Zeta-Jones used to be. Catherine Zeta-Jones used to be in the commercials. True. But what about Catherine (laughs) Beta-Jones? Catherine Theta-Jones? A a new podcast where we just use Greek letters. (laughs) And replace people's names. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes my 90s hockey thing. If you're interested in hockey, check out the Stanley Cup playoffs starting June 3rd, which is previous to today. Not a sponsor. To game two is probably today. If you're uh, listening to this yes. on Monday when it comes out. Uh, Tommy John undershirts for no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like every podcaster has Tommy Remember, John Barkbox. and blinds.com <laughs> promo code namely 90s. Uh, and that's it for this week's deep dive edition of Sportsly 90s. Remember, you can find new episodes out every Monday. Join us again next week for our variety show episode. Find us on Instagram at Naming90s with 90s and tell us what you want us to talk about on future deep dive episodes. If you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Naming90s, also with 90s. Finally, you might be able to reach our website, Naming90s.com. <laughs> Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Audible, Fox Tracks, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeart, Good Pods, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Brandon. That's Andrew. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, the whole thing was so pucking annoying.